Welcome to Zichrom Dafsi Mani Mamber by Ram Goldai and Thayer Mazakas Baba Kama Daftas. The first parak Arba Avos. The first parak is sponsored by Mr. and Mrs. Moshe and Devorah Smith and is dedicated to our courageous soldiers of Saul, the remarkable citizens of Israel, and to all incredible Jewish people. May Kosh Baruch Hu watch over all of us and grant Israel a complete victory over Hamas and the return of all the hostages safely. So the three times we're going to focus on number one. A brothers divided their father's estate and the father's creditor collected his debt from one brother. Rob says, Batomachokas, the division is void and the remaining estate is redivided. Shmuel says, Viter, he has forgotten his share and has no claim against his brother. Ravasi says, Noto Raviba Karku Raviba Mos, he takes one quarter of land from his brother, or his brother may give him the value of one quarter of the field in money. Rav holds, Achim Shechalku brothers who divide an estate are considered like heirs and jointly own the father's debts. If it was collected from one, he must be compensated as if he never received a share. Shmuelholds are considered lukuchos, purchasers of their shares from one another, and additionally are like purchasers without guarantee of compensation. So whichever land was taken, that brother has no claim against the other. Ravasi is uncertain whether they're like Yorshin or Lukuchos, so he may only demand half compensation, which is a quarter of the other brother's share. Additionally, he holds the brother may choose to pay him with money instead of land. Pointing to Rabbi Zera quoted Rav Huna, the mitzvah atshlish, one spends up to a third on a mitzvah. Now, this cannot mean that one must spend a third of his total assets on a mitzvah because then one would have to spend his entire estate on three mitzvahs. Rabbi Zerah clarified, Behidr mitzvah ad shlish mitzvah. Regarding beautification of a mitzvah, one must spend up to a third of the cost of the mitzvah itself. Ravashi asked, Shlish mulgab or shlish mulabar? Is this a third calculated from the inside, meaning an additional third above the original amount, or is it calculated from the outside, meaning an additional half, which amounts to a third of the combined total. The question is left unresolved. In Eretz Yisrael, Rabbi Zer was quoted as saying, up to a third must be funded from one's own assets. From there on, if he spends more, it will be funded, so to speak, reimbursed from Kosh Baruch Hu. And point number three, the next Mishnah states, Anything I am obligated to guard from damaging, I have caused the damage it does if I did not guard it adequately. A bright illustrates this, An ox or pit that one left under the watch of a deaf mute, an insane person or a minor, he's responsible for their damages. If he left a fire under their watch, he's exempt from its damages. The distinction is explained in two ways. According to Reish Lakish, who holds one responsible for a flame he handed to an incompetent person, this case must be a mere gechelas, a coal, and the parallel cases are a tied-up ox and covered pit. Now the difference is, short darkeh natuke, an ox tends to loosen itself from its bonds, bore darkeh nature, and a pit's cover tends to become dislodged, so the safeguards were insufficient, whereas a coal, the longer it's left alone, it progressively dims, and he didn't cause the damage. According to Rabbi Yochanan, who exempts even from damages from a flame left with them, the parallel case would be an untied ox, an uncovered pit. The difference between them is that regarding a flame, the the deaf mute's handling caused the damage, and not the owner's negligence, whereas the unguarded ox and pit damaged without any action from the incompetent person. So once again, the three points are number one. If brothers divided their father's estate, and the father's creditor collected his debt from one brother, Rav says, Batlomachalokas, the division is void, and the remaining estate is redivided. Shmuel says, Viter, he has forgone his share and has no claim against his brother. Ravasi says, Noto Raviba Karku Raviba Mos, he takes one quarter of land from his brother, 
or his brother may give him the value of one quarter of the field in money. Rav holds, Brothers who divide an estate are considered like heirs and jointly own the father's debts. If it was collected from one, he must be compensated as if he never received a share. Shmuel holds are considered lukuchos, purchasers of their shares from one another, and additionally are like purchasers without guarantee of compensation. So whichever land was taken, that brother has no claim against the other. Ravasi is uncertain whether they're like Yorshin or Lukuchos, so he may only demand half compensation, which is a quarter of the other brother's share. Additionally, he holds the brother may choose to pay with money instead of land. Point number two, Rabbi Zerah quoted Rav Huna, the mitzvah adshlish, one spends up to a third on a mitzvah. Now, this cannot mean that one must spend a third of his total assets on a mitzvah because then one would have to spend his entire estate on three mitzvahs. Rabbi Zerah clarified, Behidr mitzvah ad shlish mitzvah. Regarding beautification of a mitzvah, one must spend up to a third of the cost of the mitzvah itself. Ravashi asked, Shlish mulgab or shlish mulabar? Is this a third calculated from the inside, meaning an additional third above the original amount, or is it calculated from the outside, meaning an additional half, which amounts to a third of the combined total. The question is left unresolved. In Eretz Yisrael, Rabbi Zer was quoted as saying, up to a third must be funded from one's own assets. From there on, if he spends more, it will be funded, so to speak, reimbursed from Kodesh Baruch Hu. And point number three, the next Mishnah states, Anything I am obligated to guard from damaging, I have caused the damage it does if I did not guard it adequately. A bright illustrates this, An ox or pit that one left under the watch of a deaf mute, an insane person or a minor, he's responsible for their damages. If he left a fire under their watch, he's exempt from its damages. The distinction is explained in two ways. According to Reish Lakish, who holds one responsible for a flame he handed to an incompetent person, this case must be a mere gechelas, a coal, and the parallel cases are a tied-up ox and covered pit. Now, the difference is, short darche le natuke, an ox tends to loosen itself from its bonds, bor darche le nature, and a pit's cover tends to become dislodged, so the safeguards were insufficient, whereas a coal, the longer it's left alone, it progressively dims, and he didn't cause the damage. According to Rabbi Yochanan, who exempts even from damages from a flame left with them, the parallel case would be an untied ox, an uncovered pit. The difference between them is that regarding a flame, the deaf mute's handling caused the damage and not the owner's negligence, whereas the unguarded ox and pit damaged without any action from the incompetent person. All right, so now we get our Simadav test, and our standard simon is a teapot or tea, because test is a tuss sound like teapot, and a test sort of looks like a teapot. So here goes. The brothers sitting around drinking tea while arguing whether they were like Yorshin or Lukuchos after dividing their father's estate were interrupted by one brother who entered the room with an S-robe, which he spent a third more on, who asked them if it was really wise to leave their children to guard over a shore, a boar, and a burning coal. Once again, slow motion. The brothers sitting around drinking tea. Tea, that must be on Duff. Test, tea, teapot. The brothers sitting around drinking tea while arguing whether they were like Yorshin or Lukuchos after dividing their father's estate, which reminds us there's a malchokas of brothers who divide an estate like Yorshin or Lukuchos. The nafkamina is the case where brothers divided their father's estate and the father's creditor collected his debt from one brother. If they're like Yorshin, this brother can be compensated. But if they're like Lukuchos, then he doesn't get anything. So the brothers sitting around drinking tea while arguing whether they're like Yorshin or Lukuchos after dividing their father's estate were interrupted 
interrupted by one brother who entered the room with an esrog, which he spent a third more on, which reminds us where Bezerah taught, Behidr mitzvah ad shlish mitzvah. Regarding hither mitzvah, one must spend up to a third of the cost of the mitzvah itself. And he was quoted as saying, up to a third must be funded from one's own assets. From there on, if he spends more, it will be funded, meaning reimbursed, from Kosh Baruch Hu. So the brothers sitting around drinking tea while arguing, whether they were like Yorshin or Kukos, after dividing their father's estate, were interrupted by one brother who entered the room with an esrog, which he spent a third more on, who asked them if it was really wise to leave their children to guard over a shore a boar and a burning coal, which reminds us. The next mission states, So anything I am obligated to guard from damaging, I have caused the damage it does if I did not guard it adequately. Abraisi illustrates this, An ox or pit that one left under the watch of a deaf mute, an insane person or a minor, he's responsible for their damages. If you left a fire under the watch, he's exempt from its damages. The distinction is explained in two ways. So once again, the brothers sitting around drinking tea while arguing whether they were like Yorshin or Lukukos after dividing their father's estate were interrupted by one brother who entered the room with an esrog, which he spent a third more on, who asked them if it was really wise to leave their children to guard over a shore a boar and a burning coal. All right, so now it's time for four blah Chazara. Daf hey, so the simmer daf hey is a haystack. So here goes. The excluded Mosar and Mafago who hid behind the haystack, haystack, that must be more daf hey. The excluded Moser and Mafago who hid behind the haystack, which reminds us, Rebekah's list of 24 avos is coming to exclude a Moser and Mafago, an informer who causes someone's possessions to be confiscated, and one who makes someone's carbon pigal. He didn't list Mafago because he doesn't discuss damages specific to Kachim, and he didn't list a Moser, an informer, because this damage is inflicted through speech alone, Ubi Dibura Wilkamairi, and he doesn't discuss damage inflicted through speech. Mosi Shemra was included because it involves a Misa, and Aimzomi was included because the Torah refers to it as an action in the past. So they excluded Moser and Mafago, who hid behind a haystack, so they wouldn't have to pay for Meta, like all 24 Avos, which reminds us, the Gemara asks that although the term Avos in our mission is understandable, because the four Avos all have todos, subcategories, but according to Rabbi Oshia and Rabbi Chia, who list Avos which do not have any todos, in what sense are they called Avos? Rabbi Abo answers, They're all like Avos in that they must pay from superior great land. So, the excluded Moser and Mafago, who hid behind a haystack, so they wouldn't have to pay for Metav, like all 24 Avos, noticed a man who was about to fall into a board because he was distracted reading a sign that explained the unique halachos of each of the Arba Avos, which reminds us, although the Avos can be derived from Bor and one other Av, they were all written with to teach their unique halachos. Dav Vav, so the similar Dav Vav is a sword, because a Vav is straight, like a sword. So here goes. The man who broke his leg when he tripped over the Hefker sword, sword, that must be around Dav Vav. The man who broke his leg when he tripped over the Hefker sword, which had been kicked by a cow's foot, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, what case is included by the Mishnah's Tzadah Shava between multiple Avos, but is not identical to any one of? Four answers are given. Rava says, It's include a pit, a stationary object, which is ruled by men's feet or animals' feet. Whereas with Bor, his actions directly caused the damage by digging the pit. Here, his actions did not directly cause the damage. Rather, it was the people's or animals' feet which moved the obstacle to where it eventually inflicted damage. Shore proves that even such damages, which come through his animals' actions, not his, are still liable. So the man who broke his leg when he tripped over the Hefker sword, which had been kicked by a cow's foot and landed right next to 
a wall that was built to stand, but collapsed and crushed a car, which reminds us, Ravina says, that Tzadashava comes to include the case of a mission which teaches, a wall or tree which fell into Rishus of Rabim and damaged if it fell after the given time period to remove it and cause damage, Tosus explains that a damaged wall was falling, he's chayib. It cannot be compared to bore, which is prone to damage from its beginning when it's done, because when the tree was planted or the wall was built, they were built to stand and not liable to fall. Sure, which is also not originally prone to damage, proves that one is even high for such damages. So the man who broke his leg when he tripped over the Hefker sword, which had been kicked by a cow's foot, and landed right next to a wall that was built to stand but collapsed and crushed a car, asked a dying walking by if, which reminds us we have a mechokos regarding meta. Rabbi Shmuel holds, but in nizak shamin we assess meta based on the damaged party's properties, meaning the responsible party must only pay from land of equal quality to the damaged party's highest grade property. And Rabbi Kiva holds, but in we assess meta based on the damager's properties, meaning that he must pay with the highest grade land he himself owns. Daf Zayin. So the symbol Daf Zayin is a kli Zayin, a gun. So here goes. The wealthy gun novice, gun novice, that must mean we're on Dav Zion, Kli Zion, gun. The wealthy gun novice who paid a man with subing for damages he caused when he accidentally shut up his field, which reminds us, we learn from the unusual term yashiv, return, to include anything worth money as valid payment, even brand, and not just metav. Rapapa and Rav Huna Breda Rav Yeshua explain, Kol mili metafu, all movable items are considered superior. Because if it cannot be easily sold here, it can be sold in another city. Superior quality payment is only required with the land which cannot be moved so that people would jump to buy it. So the wealthy gun novice who paid a man with subing for damages he caused when he accidentally shut up his field, which is worth less than 200 zuz in Tishrei, entitling the man to Ani, which reminds us, a Bryce states that if one owns land worth 200 zuz, which ordinarily disqualifies him from receiving Ani, but is unable to sell his property, we feed him Ani up until half the value of his fields. The Bryce refers to seasonal price changes, where land increases in value in Nisan, where a buyer can plow and plant it for the coming season, and decreases in Tishrei. This person who was pressed for money would have to sell his land now at less than 200 zuz, and can be viewed as a poor person, although it would be sold for more in Nisan. Since land prices declined by as much as half in Tishrei, that's how much Maisa'ani he may receive. So the wealthy gun novice who paid a man with subing for damages he caused when he accidentally shot up his field, which was worth less than 200 zuz in Tishrei, entitling the man to Maisa'ani, had an armed guard protecting the best land he owned, which otherwise would have been used to pay. As Meitav, which reminds us, Rashmubar Abba from Akronia asked Rabbi Abba, Can Shehen Shamin, when they assess land to determine if it's Meitav, Bishalohen Shamin, do they assess in terms of his own property, or Bishalolom Hen Shamin, or do they assess in terms of the world generally? According to Rabbi Kiva, that Meitav is assessed based on the land of the Mazik, which is being paid, does it mean that he pays with the best land that he personally owns, or simply with objectively superior lands, even if he has other land of even higher quality? Rabbi Abba responded, Rahman Amr Meitav Sadeu, Hashem said to pay with his choicest field. And you suggest we assess in terms of the world generally? Rather, he definitely must pay with the best land he personally owns. Dav Ches. So the similar Dav Ches is Chala, and we often use a baker. So here goes. The baker, baker, that must mean we're Dav Ches, Chala. The baker who bought Bainini's Ziboris and then Edi's land from the same seller to build a bakery and was now trying to fend off the seller's Balchov Nizak and ex-wife who wanted to collect from the Edis, which reminds us, the more discusses a purchaser of all grades of land on different days, where he bought the Edis last, and we learn that he can prevent the Ksuba and debt collections from the Edis. 
So the baker who bought Bain and his Ziboris and then Edi's land from the same seller to build a bakery and was now trying to fend off the seller's Balchov Nizak and ex-wife who wanted to collect from the Edis, wish he would have only bought Edis and Ziburis so he could tell the Balkhov to collect Bainanis from the debtor, which reminds us, Rubin says that if Reuben sold all his fields to Shimon and Shimon then sold one of them to Levi and Reuben's creditor came to collect his debt, if he wants, he can collect from Shimon or if he wants, he can collect from Levi. Now, this is only true where Levi bought Bainanis from Shimon, which is the creditor's entitlement. But if he bought Edis and Ziburis, Levi could say to him, this is why I was careful and only bought Edis and Ziburis, which are lands that are not fit for you. So the baker bought Bainanis, Ziburis, and then Edis land from the same seller to build a bakery, and was now trying to fend off the seller's Balchov Nizak and ex-wife, who wanted to collect from the Edis, wished he would have only bought Edis and Ziburis, so he could tell the Balchov to collect Bainanis from the debtor, and was delighted when the debtor tried to intercede and claim he already paid, which reminds us, the seller can intercede where his creditor attempts to collect from the buyer, either because the buyer will then come to collect from him, or in a case where he sold the property without a cries, he doesn't want the buyer to have complaints against him.